Uh, this is my latest single, which is called How to Love You, and you can stream it anywhere you want. Show me how to rock with you. I really want to learn your moves. Let our bodies get in tune, in tune, in tune. I want it to be natural. Like the way a river flows Feeling it from head to toe To toe, to toe Oh darling, I can't deny You put the stars in my sky Take my hand and make my night So give me a chance Cause I really wanna dance with you, yeah Show me how to love ya Rhythm is our truth And I really wanna dance with you, yeah Show me how to love ya Show me how to love you Show me how to love you You're the dream I had last night Girl, you caused my sun to rise I love the way that we unite Unite, unite You have this way about you Must be the way that you move Take my soul and dig this groove Oh, give me a chance Cause I really wanna dance with you, yeah Show me how to love ya Rhythm is our truth And I really wanna dance with you, yeah Show me how to love ya Look into my eyes As our bodies synchronize as to yeah Learning how to love ya Keep you satisfied if you show me how to dance with you, show me how to love you. Free falling faster than the speed of light. Guess you don't need no wings to learn to fly. Oh, breeze for the impact as our hearts collide. Spirits crossing to the other side Oh yeah Give me a chance Cause I really wanna dance with you Yeah Show me how to love you Rhythm is our truth And I really wanna dance with you Yeah Show me how to love you Look into my eyes as our bodies synchronize as two. Yeah. I'm learning how to love, yeah. Keep you satisfied if you show me how to dance with you, yeah. <laughs> show me how to love, yeah. Show me how to love you. Show me how to love you So Kubla, tell us a little bit about the song that you just played, uh, How to Love, or I'm sorry, How to Love You. 
Uh, it is. So I wrote that song in Toronto with my two friends, Stephen and Jem, uh, Stephen Lucky and Jem. And both of them are really nice guys. We were in the studio. It was kind of the first song that I finished with other people. Like I've been a songwriter for a really long time. And I've been songwriting by myself for a really long time and like with, with certain other people in like smaller collaborative spaces, but never like from start to finish would take like two days to really work out a song all together, start to finish. Mm-hmm. And so Stephen and I were working on the song and we had this like, na, 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 boo, boo, kind of like, like melody sort of idea. Yeah. And we just wanted to write a song that was really about, like, I just wanted to write a song that was really about, um, learning about how to treat somebody well uh either in a relationship or in a conversation or like to me there's a real kind of sentiment of that that i really try to practice in my life so mm-hmm. the perspective that i i hold with that of really liking to learn what other people like when i'm their friend or in a relationship with them or whatever obviously the song is kind of sexy i produced the whole song myself nice so the song kind of has like I, I like creating like a very neo soul kind of kind of sexy vibe. I get a lot of inspiration from like Black American music, mm-hmm. um, and my feeling about it was just that there's a real like there's a real sensuality because I think we live now in the age where people put a lot of emphasis on consent, mm-hmm. but in my mind, even though consent is important it's not as important as actually like learning the little intricacies of an individual when mm. you're dealing with them. Because if you're, if you're constantly like making everything really explicit and uh, if you're constantly making everything really explicit while not learning actually how to treat somebody the way they want mm. to be, treated, then I, I think it kind of defeats, defeats the purpose. Like you're clear legally, but you're not actually making somebody happy. So Right. That's, I mean, like getting attorney signed papers in the middle of a relationship is never sexy. never ever no there's definitely a soul to uh your music and the lyrics that you use when when you're just discussing the ideas of you know how how to love someone that's very different than loving someone there's it's almost like you're investigating the science behind what makes a person tick and what they actually like and there's almost something uh more i guess intimate about that in a way it's it's like tuning your intuitions, right? Like, because mm. everyone intuitively kind of knows how to, you know, just behave around. Like we, we uh, there's like a psychological phenomenon where we'll act differently around different people because they're like to, to try to be on their level. You know what mm. I mean? Like, um, like I, uh, when I moved to Toronto, I was really aware of the fact that I was from the West Coast and that I had mm. like, accent that was different than how they had I had this way of speaking I didn't know the slang and it really made me feel on the out group but as soon as I kind of learned a bit more about what the the ideas were that they used I was able to uh I was able to adapt a lot better and um it wasn't conscious it was just like me like but I was kind of watching it happen me like learn that was that growing up that you had that move or was this like later later in life when you could like sort that, of this was last oh, year. okay so you could kind of approach it from a more uh perspective based like okay i have this sort of way that i'm thinking and out here it's a little different kind of i was just kind of worried and then all of a sudden i noticed that it was okay you know mm. what I mean? 
Like it was, it wasn't like conscious. Like I'm, I'm unfortunately like certain times I wish that I was like a sociopath and I could just like observe human behavior and just be like, this is how I get people to like me. But that's just not how it works. I I'm a very like. So the Canadian psycho instead of American psycho. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm not like that. No, you don't want to go that way. (laughs) I'm not like that. So my experience with it was really like, um, how do I say it? It was really um, subconscious. And after like five or six months, I really felt more comfortable like interfacing. And we're all already all a Canadian. Like I've, I've had that feeling in America where like I'll hang out, especially with musicians. And I'll be like, like, this is weird. Like, I feel like, I feel like an alien in certain ways. It, what's the, do you have any examples? What's the weirdest uh, or, or anything that sticks out in your mind in terms of differences? Um, it, between Americans and Canadians? Or even like in the music, like yeah, in the music scene, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, like, obviously, America is a huge like culture capital, and like, obviously, not every American can take credit for that because there's just like ten times as many people in America as there are in Canada, and so Canada really takes a lot from like the really robust. Like, I love America. I think America is a great country, um, just because it has so much diversity in its like thinking. Like, it's crazy. Like, like, <laughs> Canadian, the, the opinion of of uh, Americans by Canadians is that everyone has like varying degrees. Like some people dislike Americans, which I find weird. Mm. Some people like love Americans, but everyone thinks America's crazy because America is crazy. I, I think um, we, on behalf of America, we could say thank you. Thank you. I think <laughs> yeah. we take that. As, most of us take that as some sort of compliment. Well, I yeah. think that it is because I think that when you're like, I've been to, I've been to a few countries, like mainly like America and Europe. Um, but, uh, my my opinion is that like even though homogenous like really kind of like lockstep countries are really like nice to be in and like enjoyable they love like even as a canadian i come in there and i'm like i've got like all these kind of like weird diverse opinions and i like do art and stuff like that and and a lot of them are kind of like afraid of doing that because they have such like a like a kind of set locked thing like rigid social status type of thing Totally. Like they're, they're going to school, like they're, they're working in restaurants, going to school to be engineers, like huge amount of things that they do. And they're obviously musicians there too, who are really successful and really amazing. But I feel like the abundance of like people who are just like going for it is massive in America. So um, what I really notice in America is that you get so many of these like big pockets of communities that are like, there's kind of like a bit of like competition and vibe and like people, people aren't as afraid to be kind of not nice or like, mm dismissive to people whereas in canada canadians are way more inclusive i find Mm -hmm. like on average like a canadian asshole is just somebody who's like loud and annoying and like the way that you but it's not you would think they're american exactly (laughs) i would just say oh yeah the average joe here (laughs) yeah right i mean i i feel like i take a lot of cues from from americans behave like especially entrepreneurially because Mm -hmm. Um, like I'm sure you guys experienced this just starting a podcast is like, you have to, you gotta be a little bit fucking insane to start a podcast and go like, okay, we're just going to keep doing it. Like keep yeah. mm-hmm. the same way when it comes to music that like, mm-hmm. I, I feel, I see a lot of people who kind of fail to, to do that. And I always find myself in a role in a community where I'm like encouraging people to be like, Hey, just fucking just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're on this podcast. Sorry. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We encourage you. Yeah. Fucking hell yeah. Oh, fuck yeah <laughs> but yeah because I, I, I don't know i find because like the market is so like there's a lot of arts funding from the government in canada 
and which people view as a good thing. But I think that to, to, to some degree that creates a lot of distance between what the audience wants and what they get because people create art and they get rewarded for it without really like interfacing with the actual audience that they're trying to get. And the thing is with an entrepreneurship, like if you're, if you're tapping into a new market, no, like, no, like grant adjudicator can like identify, they know that too. Like mm-hmm. they'll, they'll give money on spec because like you're talented or you have your shit together, but they're not, they know, like I've talked to a lot of people who give out grants in Canada mm-hmm. Is they know that like you're trying to create a new audience and that's just the ho- the best they hope for you right they're just trying to give money for the arts and hoping that happens and sometimes yeah. it does but you know in america that happens all the time like like people just pop off because they like figure out a um a kind of unique perspective that hasn't been filled and then they just work really hard they make a lot of youtube videos and they make you know they make a lot of public appearances like they busk a lot and they film it or whatever and then all of a sudden, you know, they're famous in some way. And, and it's wild, too, because it sometimes, I mean, sometimes it's all of a sudden, like, you get those viral, like, videos where, you know, everyone knows the meme now at this point. Yeah. But then there's the people who do, you know, like you're saying, they put in that time, they grind for however many years, and then all of a sudden Spotify picks them up. Totally. You know, mm-hmm. um, all, all of a sudden, after after five or six years of, of people doing that grinding work, you know, putting in either the 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 music or the uh, work with the podcast or whatever it may be, or even a small business. Yeah. hundred percent. You do, you do see that a lot. And that is like, it's so important to have that sense of perseverance. Cause I think that's something that humans do really well also. Like mm. is just be able to run at something for a long time. Mm. And mm. Just happens. And I think that that, that like, there's, I don't know. I always think, cause you always, I, I found this with Reddit too. Cause you guys found me through Reddit, right? Right. Like, at first with Reddit, like there were a couple times where I had like 90,000 viewers. Oh, wow. This is crazy. Like, this is crazy. I'm going to keep doing this and keep on going. And lately, I've just been like, either I've been hitting the algorithm the wrong way or people have been like, like people prefer it when I have just my front facing phone. But I don't think that's hmm. the It's just like, because I've been using this DSLR. Um, but like, I've just been getting so much less fortunate. But huh. I, to me, I kind of see it as a test. Like, instead of me looking at it and be like, ah, oh, I give up. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, to hell with this. I'm going to see if I can like keep, keep excelling the expectation of whatever is going on here and keep working with it because it, there's, there's just a challenge now. And it's just, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. And yeah, you, you don't find success unless you're willing to go through that and, and temper the bad times. I mean, we encounter that as a podcast, even where we, we get dips in numbers, man. We'll get a month that gets a quarter of the last month and we'll be like, what, what the fuck what the happened? fuck did we do? <laughs> but, you know, we, we try our best to not let it just fucking mess with our mind. We just keep rolling ahead, you know, and it bounces back or goes He's up. good at keeping me grounded at those points. That's that is the nice thing about being a, having a partnership. It yeah. does make it easier, dude. We keep each other insane in the right amounts you know <laughs> <laughs> that's i've experienced the exact same thing because um i have a friend who i met in toronto who's he's been kind of filling the role of manager for me like we're not we're not official but he's a he's a really great guy and he just kind of like keeps me encouraged and keeps me grounded through the thing and reminds me that it's like a slow burn like it takes mm. a while and that it's important for me to be in it for the long haul and not the short haul. And even though I know that, like, even though I'm, I'm aware of that, it's, it's, I find it so grounding, to, grounding to be reminded of that. So partnership mm-hmm. is so important. Community is just so important. Like yeah, positive, feedback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. been in really. Because sometimes you, you can be too close to a project. Totally. hundred percent. 
Have you guys ever had people around you who have been like, who've been like, what are you doing? Like, like do something else. Yep. Oh yeah. I, I don't think I've had any detractors, but I, I have had more like, I, I'm always the one to be like, check out this thing that I did. And people are like, that's nice. And I'm like, no, no, like I put in like four hours of like work into this one like section. Just like, please. Yeah. Uh, honor honor the work, please. Yeah, like people care about this on the internet. I promise. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that kind of positive encouragement is so, is so important. This episode of American Slacker is brought to you in part by Dango Products. Made here in America, they offer wallets, watches, and many other accessories. A couple months ago, I ordered my DO1 Dapper Pen Wallet in their patented DTEX, which is amazing. The DTEX that they've created is a material that is scratch-proof, water-resistant, and so easy to clean. You know, if you're working out there on the grind, getting your pockets dirty, maybe getting your wallet dirty, this thing will clean up and you can go out in the tux at night and you won't even know the difference. Check out their quality selection of wallets, watches, and other accessories at dangoproducts.com. Use the promo code SLACKER for 10% off your order. SLACKER approved. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. And now as well that I've been building an audience, like a bit of one, um, people people actively try to encourage me because I think they know the stage that I'm at. And so they realize that even though they like what I'm doing and, and they see the stuff that, that that's coming as an output, I think they actively go out of their way to be like, be like, hey, you're doing great. Like this is like, mm. keep doing this. this is really enjoyable. And I, I think it'll do really well if you keep keep going. So that's really nice. That's really good to have. Absolutely. Yeah. And you got two more fans right here. I mean, you Hell mentioned yeah, that I had originally found you, I was browsing on Reddit on my phone and um, I, I liked the new live things that they're doing. And I saw you performing on there, jumped in. I forget exactly what date it was, but I think you were, you were solo, just kind of doing your thing. And I, I put it on while I was editing at work and I was like, damn, this, this kid's fucking awesome. Um, you dropped your Instagram handle, hopped over to there and that's kind of where we connected. So it, I guess my question is, what what got you into um, the idea of going live and, and popping on a, a platform like Reddit of all of all platforms? So I go on Reddit like intermittently, like 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 from time to time, I'll just pop on and like see how it's going because it's always kind of been like it's kind of like Twitter in that it's a weird shit show mm. that we want to. Be <laughs> Very, oh yes. for sure yes i mean we get the most to give you an idea we uh when we do our weekly bizarre news uh segments all of that comes from reddit because because yeah. <laughs> when you, you want someone on fire you want someone shooting a sasquatch you want like, <laughs> go to that dirty cesspool Ugh. yeah there you go <laughs> so it, it was kind of beautiful to find something like your music amongst all the other stuff on reddit that you know can really put you in a negative space for the day I've experienced the same thing when it comes to Reddit. Like I've, I've, I've just, and YouTube too. Like I always mm. find that the really creator friendly platform, like, like, sorry, the not so creator friendly platforms, the ones that like require a creator to kind of like have a bit of perseverance and, and cause like I found with Instagram, even though I found a lot of great artists through Instagram or, um, or any, like, I don't know, 
like I was on TikTok for a second, but uh, I don't, I don't, I don't mess with it. But, now it's banned. Yeah, I was gonna say going yeah, to be. Well, yeah, they're it's going bankrupt. So oh, like, that's right. You guys, you guys will still have it. Yeah. So yeah. I guess it's like Australia, like this weird social network between Australia and Canada. It's kind mm-hmm. of funny when US pulls out because there's just this big black void. <laughs> <laughs> just like all of a sudden, because most of I guess that social media kind of like takes off in the US. Yeah. Um, but. There, there's always some influencer who's figured out how to work it. But my job before the pandemic started was a professional, like live musician. Like that's what I did full time. Oh, wow. Gigs. So uh, and that was for a lot of years. And that was like before I became an artist. So I was, I was in my hometown um, and I was thinking about going to music school and a bunch of different things. And then I decided instead of going to music school, I kind of designed my own curriculum because what I wanted to do wasn't exactly like a music school. You can study classical or jazz or like contemporary or these different ideas. And they give you like a good kind of entry zone, but they don't, they give you some performance experience. But I figured if I wanted to become a good performer, the only way to do that is actually by performing. So for the longest time, I just, I would, I would perform at like crappy bars. I'd perform at crappy, uh, you know, uh, like restaurants and stuff like that. And then eventually those gigs became like, like I would do like corporate gigs and weddings and like nice yeah. bars and, um, and people, you know, supported me from the beginning and really helped me to achieve things like whether the musicians or venue owners or whatever. And then um, when I became an artist, like, which is more of like a creator role, which was last year, um, my, uh, thought my thinking was that I would kind of start slowing down on the gigs because I felt really I've like I've probably like fifteen hundred gigs under my belt, oh, which, wow. which is like a, quite a lot. Like I, I was looking oh, yeah. at, I was doing it full time for for five years, like way more than full time. I was probably working like like sixty hour weeks or something like that. Holy just shit, rehearsing, gigging, and then in my free time I'd be producing, um, and and just working out and occasionally hanging out with my friends. And that was like my whole life for like from when I was like 21 to about 25. Oh, wow. And then my, um, when I moved to Toronto, I, because I just wanted to like get out of the place where people knew me as the guy to call when they needed somebody for a gig. Um, when I moved to Toronto, I started playing some more gigs, but I was learning that like the shorter bursts where I was able to like interact with people were way better. I was just enjoying myself more. And when the pandemic started, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I tried a couple like Facebook lives and I was like, what is this? I have like 300 people on Facebook, 20 people are watching what's going on. Yeah, right. Instagram live, Instagram live is a shit show. It's just like, I don't even like, like even famous people when I go and like, and like somebody has like 50,000 followers on Instagram and they go do an Instagram live and they're like a hundred people there. And I'm like, yeah, it, comedians, I, I pop in the lives all the time and you know, people with like name recognition are only getting, you know, a couple hundred, maybe totally. at most Which Snoop Dogg. He gets like 500 at, at most. You think it'd yeah. be like a million people watching. <laughs> and, and I mean, like there's certain people like, I don't know if you've heard of the artist Jacob Collier from, from uh, uh, England. He's amazing. If you guys haven't checked him out, he's unbelievable. He's like, he's like the Mozart, Mozart of our generation, but he, oh, wow. uh, he's just like so creative and so unbelievable at so many different instruments and very like, he's very well-spoken. He's very cool. It's very like, like I'm a jazz nerd. So my, my whole background, like I, that kind of music and that kind of musicianship really appeals to me. So I'm definitely his market, but I think it's worth everyone checking out and be like, Whoa, that's just, yeah. Just, just followed him on uh, Spotify. He's got like 5 million, 10 million on some of his top songs, 6 million. He's won a couple of Grammys, but, um, 
Yeah. So, uh, what was I just saying? So Jacob Collier, you said uh, the pandemic kind of hit and yeah. that's when you were messing around with the live stuff. So off kilter. Jacob Collier, yeah, that's what we're here for. <laughs> then we're going for, uh, you know, I was, I wanted to make more YouTube content, try out more different things. And then I went on Reddit. I saw this broadcasting things. I saw it was really easy for me to do. And I was like, I have a lot of experience in playing live shows. Why not just go for it? Like, why not just try like doing live shows all the time? And then I did like a couple and I would get like 50 views. And then I did a few where I got like 500 concurrent viewers, like quite, quite regularly. And I guess that was like more at the beginning of it. Now it's a lot more competitive. So it's different. I'm still trying it out, but you know, and I, I still, the, the great thing is that it, it's, it's a, like the great thing about Reddit is that people are there to be disrupted. Like they're there to like go and see something that's kind of new and different. So mm. whereas on Instagram, like it's either like, like most of my followers are musicians. Um, and YouTube's amazing. Like I love YouTube, but YouTube has like a very slow growth algorithm. So on Reddit, you can just like, it's kind of this wild west where like so many different things can happen. I love just how- walk in the saloon and start shooting. <laughs> exactly. Just just guns loaded. Just give it a shot. Some days, sometimes you hit, sometimes you don't. And I like that kind of vibe. Like I like how Reddit's kind of maintained that, how they kind of have like a constant offshoot. So it's a great platform. Generous. I think I think you had a good point on that though too, where it's almost like Instagram is what you like already. Mm-hmm. You know, it's every it, you it's you're either following it or you don't see it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Reddit is literally things you've never seen before. You like it's all new, so it, it almost has that availability for discovery. Totally, and that I guess it, that's part of what makes it so coveted in a lot of ways. But also, like the viewership is like weird. Like I see people when I see people popping off. First of all, I'm like they're not playing my kind of music because most people on Reddit just like the people who listen to my kind of music don't really go on Reddit that much. It seems like hmm. some of them do, but like I'm really inspired by artists like Stevie Wonder and D'Angelo and Tom Mish and, and a bunch of different like, like newer, more contemporary artists like Mac Ayers, who's from America. It's really dope uh, musicians who are kind of like, and I guess it's new happening, but uh, a lot more jazz influence is kind of seeping into pop music and to more different styles of music where it's, it slows it down a little bit. Totally. And it smooths it out and it, and it gives it like a more deep kind of harmonic feel, which I think people really react well to. Um, like, I think that's why, like, people associate, like, R&B with sex is because it's sensual. Like, there's a sensuality to it. But you can listen to it while you're eating dinner or whatever. Um, but anyway, um, so I find that when I see somebody doing doing really well, what I see is I'm, like, I'm sitting there, like, oh, so they're, they're playing, like, they're playing, like, old-time blues and, like, like shit people, like, like, in a more mass regard in Reddit, you know? Like... People, you know, lots of people on Reddit are like, are like, most of them are nerds. Um, I'm a nerd. But, uh, most nice people, save. <laughs> nice save. Most of them are dumb nerds. No, it's a big <laughs> fucking community coming at him hard. Yeah, that's our audience. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's it's true. Like, like I I very much the reason that I go on Reddit is because like I follow news about gaming and. Uh, you know, news about comedy and uh, news about like, like weird intellectual shit that I'm interested in. So that's where I get it all. So my, 
when I see it, it's like it makes sense that somebody who's playing like anime theme songs and like um, anime theme songs and like, you know, kind of more old time singer songwriter stuff that that's more friendly to that audience gets more. But I'm really just trying to shoehorn my like <laughs> my stylings in there as best I can. Well, it people are open to you. It, it really depends on what people's you know tastes come down to. I mean, I found you. I like all uh, all kinds of music besides country, and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I am an asshole. But um, no, I, I'm really hoping that these avenues sort of open up. We see a lot of Matt and I have talked to a lot of comedians recently who have been trying trying the live stream stuff it seems that like it does not translate as, as well it doesn't translate no. as well, to be honest it, i've watched too many cringe fests lately and uh i kind of simmered down not many people are doing it anymore besides doing bit videos and, and skit and whatnot but yeah that doesn't translate as well as hearing kubla just fucking play out a sweet ass yeah. song off of his and i mean key. It's, no. it's odd because there's almost with the comedy, you need that reaction from the audience to know if you're doing well or not. Mm -hmm. But with music, it's not as focused. I, I mean, it's probably nice to have the audience there. I'd imagine you've played live so much compared to like the live stream. And the, the crazy thing is that no matter what, like I, I'm really I love psychology just as a as a concept, like it, like just stu the study of human behavior as a as if we're kind of animals. And it's very true with comedy. Like you couldn't be, you couldn't watch a comedian as a one person in a show unless the comedian <laughs> an unbelievable orator. And you were just like, why is nobody else here? But most comedians, even if they're good, if you see them, the reason that it's so good is because you kind of get this, this confirmation from everyone around you. The laugh it's, track. Yeah. It's, it's, mm. it's why the laugh track is popular. Like it, it works. It's, and it's the same thing at a, like, if you see a funny movie, if you go to a funny movie, and you're in a crowd full of people. Like I, I remember, um, like my friend and I were in London because he was going to school in England. I was visiting him, and we saw Avengers Endgame, um, in a in a in like the biggest theater in London, which is a big ass city. Oh shit! And it was incredible. Like like, but it was just because everyone was there, like doing the oohs and the ahs, and and really genuinely interacting and and mm -hmm. laughing, and and th that's part of what makes it enjoyable. So with this pandemic, when you have comedians. You know, I love comedy, but like, I, I and it's the reason I love podcasts is because like, if you guys are talking to each other and you're like bouncing off each other, it becomes funny because you're making mm. each other laugh and it's kind of like you're an audience of one and it kind of works. But like for those like big kind of bits to work, like if somebody's doing like bits and it's for one person, it's like, no, mm. <laughs> it doesn't work. Back, back to the cringe fest. Oh. Yeah. It's all a form of the hypnosis really. And uh, that the community like part of it is just... That's why I have a two drink minimum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, like there's just that like energy. Just hip the hypnosis is like just the best way to put it. I've heard so many people refer to it like that, and it's just you fall under this like influence when you hear the guitar and the voice, or when you hear a comedian and he's addressing you individually throughout the crowd, and it's just this fucking net around you, you know? Yeah, it's magic. Yeah. Psychology wise, it goes back to that uh, that experiment where you know they had people all sitting in a room and someone comes in and all, everyone's an actor and they all stand up and yeah. the only person who's not an actor is sitting and they look around and eventually stand up because it's, you're doing what you know. Well, if you see what around you, so. art people like enjoy, it's like it's like the reason they enjoy it is because they're like the what the artist did isn't necessarily just the skill of making something beautiful. It's also just the skill of like of like being able to convince a mass of people to like confirm amongst themselves that that what they're doing is good you know what i mean mm. 
like mm-hmm. when something blows up, they blow up. Like it's 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 seldom that like if you see somebody who's getting like you know if they like have like forty thousand really genuine followers in Instagram, they're like doing really well on YouTube. It's like they're a powder keg ready to explode because mm. people are just ready to kind of share their stuff around and really confirm. And it's it's same for me. Like if I find a creator and I'm like, this is great, but they have very few followers. So I'm going to just see what happens because mm. the fact that they have very few followers, it's subconscious, but the fact they have very few followers might mean they kind of suck. And so I don't want to share with my friends for the risk of being like, this is great and they're like this actually sucks and and you suck and you know what i mean you like, don't want to be the detractor amongst all of the people who are you know well wishing and saying the positivity that just makes you a dick fine. like you guys must experience this too but like those people are heroes like people who who go out on a limb for you and go like go like it's crazy that nobody's listening to this or it's crazy that nobody's interested in this and yeah, like hell yeah. We had a tweet uh, from last week that literally warmed the cockles of my heart because yeah. uh, they said they said like, uh, you know, we listened to these guys a long time ago. Everyone take a page out of their book in terms of audio production, show format, that kind of shit. And I was like, oh, someone notice. It's been four yeah. years. This is great. I appreciate it. <laughs> like, you know, you you're putting that work in. So you're right. They are heroes. Mm. And I respect the shit out of you guys perseverance in that way, because like it is. It is an unbelievable kind of journey to like support yourself and have a big picture vision that you you want to enact ultimately, especially in this world where like it's totally possible, but it's way harder than it's ever been if you mm. even get like your foot in the door because it's available to so many people and there's so much randy competition. So you guys are killing that oversaturation is the killer to the artist's heart. I swear, you know, it, like it could it can easily kill perseverance like it's just you can get to the point where it's like nobody's fucking listening and just fall off and i see it happen with musicians podcasters more than anything honestly podcasters fall off all the time we've seen so many shows go dead since the incarnation of this like but but you got to push through because i think the one thing that we're most mm -hmm. grateful for is like the freedom that we have to just you know talk to cool people like you and and do that kind of thing so you can't you got to look at the the long run of it and not the short run mm. um with music comedy podcasting whatever whatever it is you know dude yeah Absolutely. and you can kind of like you can kind of like source your own opinions and and make sure that everything you're saying is protected under your own brand and that's the beautiful thing i mean for me like i'm i'm not like a i'm in no way like so off the trail in terms of my opinions, my feelings, but like mm-hmm. my interests, like I love playing with dangerous ideas and and thinking about things in like in like a deep and nuanced kind of way. So yeah. the really deeply important thing to me is to make sure that I build my brand accordingly. So I'm not like, you know, I'm not just like making love songs that I, I can only explain as like, oh, I was like seeing this girl and the sex was so good that like, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm sure you guys feel the same way where it's like, it's like having that ability to say, Hey, like, this is what I think. Um, and I'm probably wrong because people are mostly wrong most of the time, but, uh, well, but you're it- pretty introspective from, you know, the time that we've been talking to you from, you know, your music and everything. It, I'm it- unbearably introspective, <laughs> <laughs> but at least that's not dangerous. You know, it's when you're not that, that that's really, you can be taken advantage of or walk, read, led down the wrong path if you're not thinking. Mm-hmm. So good point. And I definitely, it definitely translates in your music and the way that you, every note is hit, whether it's your guitar or your vocals, you, I could tell your vocals, you, you've definitely taken some serious love and time and perfecting your vocals over the years. Cause like 
you hit notes without any imperfections at all. You do one of the nicest live performances that I've seen. So that, yeah. that's actually something I'd love to talk about because my my journey learning how to sing was very interesting mm-hmm. because singing is a very like it's a very vulnerable thing to do. Mm-hmm. So I only learned how to sing when I was like 21, like five or so years ago. Oh, wow. um, and wow. I only really, really learned how to sing when I was like 23. So mm-hmm. I, like I, I took singing lessons from like, I, I just wanted to approach it from like a really scientific point of view because so many people have like these kind of feelings about it when they just really came into it when they were younger and they were able to like understand it better. But like to really understand how to breathe and how to control your breath and how to control your voice and how to like, even just, you know, I listen to a ton of artists like Stevie Wonder and, and like, like African and black American artists who are, um, who are like, they just have like a different physiology than me. Like not, not to say that like, that like, like I sound like certain, certain people who have darker skin, not to say that skin color has any, has anything to do with the sound of your voice, but like structure absolutely does. So if I want to sound like from like Brian Adams to like, um, uh, who's the guy who sings with Queen now? Brian Lam- Brian Lambert. Yes. Yep. Yeah. He's a nut singer. I could never ever in my life sound like him. If I tried to sound like him, or if I tried to sound like um, if I sound, tried to sound like Stevie Wonder, or if I tried to sound like Marvin Gaye, it would just be like it would just be an like impossible task. And and getting mm-hmm. to know your own voice and getting to understand it is the most important part of it. If there are any singers listening, or, or anyone who's who's interested in that kind of thing. I'd say the best advice I can give to singers is get really get to know the sound of your voice and respect it. Because if you just try to sound like other people and try to push your voice to those high notes that you can't hit or those low notes that you can't hit or try to make a tone that doesn't work for you, um, you're not going to reach your, your highest potential because your physiology, like the way my jaw is structured, the way my, my, my face, bones of my face are structured, the width of my ribs, everything has to do yeah. with the sound. So is that is that something that's constantly evolving in terms of like your voice or is it like you you found it and you're like that's it? I feel like there's like an 80/20 rule. Have you guys heard of the 80/20 rule? No. No, no, Phil. No, no, no. 80 percent of the stuff like if you learn a skill, it's really easy like like proportionally like you could take a year and learn 80% of a skill. So if you mm-hmm. want to become really good at a video game, it's like if you put in the time to just learn the really basic stuff it's like you could put in 20% of the work um, to get 80% of the results. So you can become, it's really easy, like not easy, but it's like easier to become a jack of all trades than it is to become, or it's, I guess it's just as easy, but like you have to really focus on the last 20% to gain mastery. Hmm. The way that I feel is that I've gained that first 80%. And I feel like, like my mom's a singer uh, and my dad's like a pretty good singer. So they both have like a like like I feel like I'm endowed with a bit of good genetics when it comes to singing. So I feel like my 80% is pretty good. Like it's not like it's not like incredible, but it's pretty good. Yeah, um, it's almost like you need to have that base to work off of. And so that extra 20% is just what I'm always striving for. I'm always striving for like like if I can hit like a semitone higher in like a nicer tone. Like so I'm always practicing that. It's the same thing with guitar. Like I started as a guitar player. So my journey as a musician has really been like, like I was, I was playing guitar since I was 11. I was obsessed with it until I was like, you know, probably 19. And, um, and I, I was still obsessed with it, but it was just like, it, it became a different relationship where I was like more into, in a, into having girlfriends and like, you know, writing songs, doing all this different stuff um, that like practicing guitar purely for a bunch of hours. And I learned that like my ability to play guitar to learn how to be good at the guitar takes so much more effort now 
than it did before. Like before it was like, it was like, oh, this new concept that just like, I can just like pour myself into is so easy. Now it's like tiniest little details that I have to like really iron out to make things align and work. And I think that's true of any skill. Like um, I especially found it like during the, when the pandemic started, uh, I used to play a lot of like MOBAs in, in high school. And so uh, I have a few, few friends who are really, really good at League of Legends. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, fuck it. Like, these are good friends. Like, it's a good hang. So me being bad at League of Legends for a little bit and then learning how to become kind of good at it is kind of worth it. Like, it'd be kind of fun to, like, try to do the 80-20 thing with a game. And, and I did it. And it was really fun because I became, like, infinitely better than I, than I would have before. And I think that's true for, like, most things. Like, if you want to learn an instrument, it's actually really easy to, to kind of become pretty good at it. Um, but it's, I feel like with, with editing, I'm kind of, I, now that you're saying that it's sort of, I'm running up against that myself where it's like, I can do the basics, but then when it comes to, you know, creating fucking dragon for Frodo to fight, (laughs) I'm not there yet, you know, and that becomes infinitely harder. It's like, you get that big chunk down. Here's the basics. And it's like, Mm -hmm. now spend 20 hours, you know, and it's a uh, whole key framing. Yeah. And it's what people look for. Like, like people, people, it's kind of like height. Like I see the same thing with height. Like if you see something like my girlfriend's five, one mm-hmm. short, right. But it's not that short. It's still like a five foot tall person. I'm only five eleven, So it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, we're only like maybe like maybe 20% different in height, like 15% different in height. Whereas like, you know, we just kind of view like four, four and a half feet is kind of like the minimum height for a person and everything above that. So like somebody who's six two is like way taller than me it seems, but they're so less. You're six two. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if we were standing side by side, I'd be like, "Wow, he's so tall." <laughs> and then I went to school with a couple of kids who were like six seven, six nine, mm-hmm. and I watched them duck through fucking doorways and shit. <laughs> you're like, "Oh my god, they're crazy." <laughs> my younger brother's six three, so wow. I got the short on the sick man. Oh, damn. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> But uh, but he he's six three. So like when I look up to him, I'm like I'm like there's like there's like four and a half inches of difference. Like when when, <laughs> when I like, but I'm like he's so tall. It's crazy how tall he is. But I think that's the same thing when it comes to skills. It's like mm-hmm. if you if, even if you got like most of the way through in a, a skill, as soon as you see that extra little bit of work that somebody put in, you're like they're infinitely better than me. There's like no they're impossibly better than me. Whereas to the average person, it's like yeah they're they're like a little bit better than you maybe you know. Hats off on that analogy, man. I, there, I'm analogy. giving you that one. I love an I love a good analogy. Support for American Slacker comes from Manscaped, who's the number one in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. I don't know about you, Jesse, but I am sick and tired of being outmatched by these razors and traditional trimmers that you get in the store, and no matter what, they they fucking snag your nuts. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. They have a lawnmower 2.0 razor, which they have sent our way, has a proprietary skin-safe technology, so you won't get those nicks or snags on your nuts. Nice! Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Yeah, and with our 20% off code plus free shipping, you're going to be saving a bunch of money and getting some great products that won't end up uh, making it look like a war zone down there. All you got to do is enter Slackers at checkout manscaped.com 20% off get your anti-chafing ball deodorant your sweet lawnmower 2.0 your nuts will thank you later you can even rep them by getting yourself a manscaped.com t-shirt 
So head on over manscaped.com, 20% off at checkout, enter code SLACKERS. Get your ball swag here. If you're looking for something different, Murder Mile covers the untold, unsolved and long forgotten murders in London's West End. It's researched using the original police investigation files. It's presented as a dramatization and it focuses on the victims' lives in an honest, detailed and sympathetic way. Murder Mile is about life, not lunatics. So if you love true crime stories about real murders by regular people in everyday places, then Murder Mile is just for you. Murder Mile was nominated one of the best British true crime podcasts of 2018. So if you love things a little bit different, try Murder Mile. So you mentioned that your your uh, your parents both sang a little bit. Were they music involved in the music industry too? Or my parents are professional musicians. Oh wow! Uh, so. It's a bit of a fraught story because my dad, like my my mom and dad are separated with their mm-hmm. divorce now. Um, and I've got a really great stepmom who's also a musician. Uh, oh, wow. And basically, I don't know, like I was really raised in a musical household. Like my best friends, I have a best, very best friend. He's studying, uh, he's getting his PhD in law right now. Um, but he is not a musician. He knows nothing about music. He's like a bad sense of hearing. The only thing he does well is read. So he's the kind of guy who can like sit there and read. Like he he one time he he went to school in the UK. So one time he was flying back to Victoria. It was like a 12 or 13 hour flight. He read three books. Oh shit. Wow. He's a motherfucker when it comes to reading. It's insane. Like like I'm blown away. I like brag about it all the time to people. I'm like I'm like man, he has so many books Nick fucking read. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> I have the most well-read friend. <laughs> so but his perspective uh is that i was just raised with music as like a normal part of my life so it seemed to me like it was a really normal thing to do um like i i wanted to become like a like either a psychologist or like a like a a mechanical engineer or something interesting but i kind of fell into music almost like it was the family business which i felt like, like music's not interesting though well it is but i mean i mean <laughs> like just to 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 build the uh to build the kind of um, frame that I'm, I'm setting is that it's so normal to me, like listening to music and hearing music and going to concerts and all these things, things that I've done since I was a kid, like I was hanging out at festivals and, and stuff, oh, wow. just like being a kid, just like backstage meeting a bunch of like random famous Canadian or American musicians and just being like, oh, okay, this is kind of normal. My dad was yeah. part of a really uh, successful folk rock band in Canada um, called Spirit of the West. Cool. Uh, and they had like a really big hit, which kind of became like the St. Patrick's Day anthem in Canada. Really? Um, called Spirit of the West. The song's called Home for a Rest. And my dad played like bass and mandolin and a bunch of different stuff. He's like an unbelievable instrumentalist. But his whole kind of um, like, like I feel, I kind of feel like I'm a little mix between my parents. Like in, insofar as like my mom's a singer songwriter. She had to put everything aside to raise my brother and I because my dad kind of had like a bit of a midlife like rock star debacle where he was like ah and he he went off with another woman and like like did his thing for a bit i didn't talk to him for a bunch of years and then oh, wow. me mom raised me and i was like a very difficult teenager so <laughs> she really had you're to, talking like, to two as well so yeah. you're in good company 
Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, think, I think to be like, to be at all, like to have that kind of perseverance, to have that kind of like gumption to do stuff. Like the, the sign is in the, there's a book, I haven't read it, but I've heard the concepts about it. It's about like sensi- sensitivity and aggression. And essentially like people who are really sensitive and really not necessarily emotionally sensitive, but they're very, they're very reflective and very, um, very perceptive on average, like they'll usually be kind of aggressive because they notice more things and more things bring up emotions in them. Um, and so I think the bo- point of the book, I don't want to butcher this, so I don't really know, but I think the point of the book is that most of the prison population actually were really sensitive kids who had a lot of potential because mm-hmm. they, but, but were just like mistreated in society, um, which I just view as kind of a truism, but I could be totally wrong. My point is, is that people who are sensitive are just more likely to like, to like be kind of intuitive entrepreneurial people Mm. Um, so I think comes kind of comes part and parcel of being like a weird or difficult or like energetic teenager when you're like a, an adult who's like going for it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You're kind of rebelling against the rules of whatever has been set up around you in a way and trying to figure out how to succeed despite them. But you're doing it productively because you realize that needs to be done in a society. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas people who are more likely to just exist in lockstep, are just like, you know, they're, they're perpetuating the status quo and there are great things about the status quo, but, but for people who are like trying to like move, get it, things, musicians, artists, whatever. Um, point is, is my mom really dealt with a lot of stuff with my brother and I growing up. And so, I mean, like the song that I'm going to play at the end, uh, uh, which is called Rich, is a um, kind of like my testament to that, where like my family has always been kind of, kind of poor like we've always been like haven't been very good with money like through generations back and it kind of made the and we've always been kind of self-sabotaging when it comes to like money and how we treat ourselves like we really value our family and we really value the people around us but we don't like no nobody in my family has just gone out and said like i want to be rich like fuck this you know so um yeah so the song is about that and there's a line in the song where i say uh i want to buy my mom a new house and never charge her rent and that is a huge driving factor in my in my career. Like that's that's enormous. At least at the beginning, but like I, I feel really strongly about um, trying to support the people who were really there for me to support me, and so kind of building that entrepreneurial sense. And I could do it if I were like working a normal job, but I think that I think that in order to like be- become wildly successful and sort of like create like some some retribution for your parents for their career and the sacrifices they made for you, if I'm a musician and they're musicians. Is like deeply important and it kind of creates a cool story too so yeah i like every part of it <laughs> <laughs> we can tell man there's a That's passion right. in you dude and there's no doubt you're gonna be so successful man thanks guys and, dude the talent is just pouring through and after talking to you to seeing how fucking introspective you are like and how much thought you put into fucking everything in mm-hmm. your life dude it's a beautiful thing that as artists we can't help but appreciate and yeah you got two more fans here and i'm sure dude, some I'm, of our audience is gonna be hooked after this interview dude hell yeah man just uh we appreciate the hell out of it man of course before we get into uh that ending song uh do you want to hit us with the plugs where everyone can find you let's do that so my instagram handle is kubla uh my website is kublamusic.com which is pretty much where you can it's pretty much just a portal to most of my other stuff and um what else uh yeah you can find me on spotify or anywhere music streamed and I've got an EP coming on August 25th. I don't know when this this episode is going to come out, but uh, but yeah, the EP is called Golden Boy. Kind of the concept behind it is that um, I really like the. Have you heard? Of, have you guys heard of the Hero's Journey? Is it an idea? 
Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. We're very, very we're obsessed with it kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I kind of decided to create a little bit of a, like I want to create a little bit of a narrative throughout my albums. This might be the first time I, or the first and last time I ever talk about it. So exclusive. <laughs> we love them. Very exclusive. Cause I might kind of try to keep it a, a little bit of a secret moving forward and see. If cool. Um, kind of like Tyler creators, three albums, mm. kind of a story in themselves as people discovered. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love, I love the idea of having a hero's journey, especially in this, in today's society where I feel people are really lost in their feeling of direction mm-hmm. and kind of being able to like be a person who can go into an industry that is, that everyone says is like broken. Nobody makes money in music and try to do something in it that's worthwhile and paint a picture with, with a life and whatever. So that's what the EP is about. I produced it all myself by myself. Um, and it was mixed by my friend Elijah. And uh, with the exception of that one song, which was written by my friend Stephen and Jim, the first song I played. And yeah, and otherwise I've got other music elsewhere. I'm, I'm kind of be- doing the beginnings of a YouTube channel right now. Nice. So um, I'm doing some react- reaction videos, which have been really fun. As, as oh, you- cool. I'm introspective. I like to talk. So um, I've kind of been experimenting with that a bit. Uh, and yeah, man, it's been really fun being on this podcast, you guys. Dude, anytime. Welcome the door's back always, anytime. always open, baby. You just got to bring a couple songs with you, though. That's oh, I will. I'll, I'll bring <laughs> it's like the bottle of wine for the house party. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'll bring all kinds of songs. I'll just make up songs on the spot just to hang out. There we go. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, people. Uh, we love each and every one of you. Before we get out of here to this beautiful tune, uh, catch me at MWG Media on Instagram and Maddie G from HP on uh, Xbox Live. Catch these mittens, baby. And you can find me at Landers the Plane on everything. Woo! Sing us out, baby. This is a song off my upcoming EP. It's coming out on August 25th, uh, and it's called Rich. I want to be rich. Yeah, I want to be I wanna be rich, yeah. I wanna be, yeah. I wanna be rich, yeah. I wanna be, uh, I wanna be rich, yeah. I wanna be rich in friends, rich in love, but especially money. Can't get enough. Cause I've seen folks, yeah Lose themselves in a pile of gold Give themselves everything they want, yeah mm-hmm. And forget about the moment I wanna fly south with my best friends Buy my mom a new house, yeah And never charge a rent I wanna exist Yeah, I wanna be But I wanna be rich, yeah I wanna be, I wanna be I wanna be rich inside Rich in soul But I need some money So I can afford to glow I've seen folks, yeah Lose themselves in a pile of gold Give themselves everything they want 
but forget about the moment And I wanna be Losing myself in a pile of gold Give myself everything I want yeah. And forget about the moment I wanna be rich. I wanna be. I wanna be rich. Yeah. I wanna be. That's it. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs>